Peace Corps gives us a chance to show a side of our country which is too often submerged. Our desire to live in peace, our desire to be of help. There can be no greater service to our country and no source of pride more real than to be a member of the Peace Corps of the United States. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the My Peace Corps Story podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Lloyd, and I'm here to help tell the stories of current and returned Peace Corps volunteers. If you like what you hear today, be sure to let me know over at MyPeaceCorpsStory.com and connect with me on Instagram at MyPeaceCorpsStory or on Facebook by searching for My Peace Corps Story. Additionally, head on over to Apple Podcast and leave a review for the show. Five-star reviews are extremely appreciated, but more than anything, I want to know what you think so I can better serve my audience. I'd like to give a special thanks to David Fields, who simply says, Best Peace Corps podcast out there. Five stars. If you haven't left me a review yet and you're listening on Apple Podcasts, it's just a few clicks away. Hit me with five stars and let me know what you think. Today, I am very pleased to welcome Shiv Dave to the show. Shiv served in Botswana from 2013 to 2015 as a clinic health volunteer. We talk about a side project teaching school children at a local primary school and the time that he climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. Then we get into some of the darker points of his service when his grandmother passed away and contracting TB. I really enjoyed talking to Shiv and I hope you enjoy his story. Without further ado, here's the show. This is this is this is this is my my Peace Corps Peace Corps my Peace Corps my Peace Corps story story story. My name is Shiv Dave, and this is my Peace Corps story. Hey, Shiv, how's it going? Not much, Tyler. How about you? Ah, doing pretty well. Uh, you know, awesome. excited to talk to you about your Peace Corps experience because we got put in contact with one another maybe a year ago. It feels like it's been a while by a mutual friend. Um, to actually talk about podcasting. Uh, and, you know, I talked to you for a little bit and we had been in contact, just email giving mutual interest. But I, I didn't know much about your Peace Corps experience. So I'm excited to sit down with you today and talk about that. Yeah, man. I mean, this is uh, this has been a long time coming. I remember, yeah, we did. We did actually meet through a mutual friend <laughs> back when, you know, I, I know you're a podcasting guru and I remember asking you questions about it. And, uh, yeah, it's finally, uh, you know, full circle, finally hearing, uh, uh, really proud that you guys are, you're doing this finally and, uh, yeah, let's get to it. Cool. So just starting off, uh, tell everybody a little bit about your service or just about yourself. So, you know, who is Shiv and then where did you serve? What did you do? I served in Botswana, which is in Southern Africa from 2013 to 2015. And so I was part of the 14th Botswana Peace Corps group. Uh, Bots 14s represent whoever's listening out there. Um, and I lived in the village called Letlakang, uh, which is located in the south central district of the country, um, about maybe uh, 45 minutes to an hour outside the capital of Habaroni, which is near the, uh, the South African border. And so my primary job there um, was working with the district health management team or the public health office on a lot of their initiatives that were happening during the time when I was serving. So a lot of these involved investigating malaria, malaria outbreaks or raising awareness for HIV AIDS, um, assessing data collected from TB patients, conducting campaigns against measles and mumps, or assisting physicians in diagnosing babies with cere- cerebral palsy 
Um, those are some of the some of the things I did. And I also had a secondary primary job at the local village clinic um, in which I assisted them in their day-to-day activities like baby weighing or registering, registering HIV AIDS patients uh, who are getting ARV treatments or handing out sorghum packets for infant feeding um, and then restocking supplies in the neonatal care unit or the baby unit um, along with the, ph- the pharmacy. Um, in addition to that, um, so those are my primary jobs. And then I kind of made my own secondary jobs. Um, so in Peace Corps, I'm sure you know, like we're given primary tasks um, and then sort of like service is what you make out of it. So you could just either s- stick with your primary task if you have enough work going. But for me, um, I kind of wanted to step out of that whole public health realm um, and uh, because I also studied in school. And so I started gearing, started looking around and seeing what else is out there. And I managed to find myself into a couple secondary assignments uh, in my village. One, uh, running um, a kids club or a pack club um, at one of the village primary schools, and then also helped out with the land development with the local disability groups community garden. And then with Peace Corps itself, um, I was involved with the Technology for Development uh, Committee, and then also wrote the Life Hacks section in the Peace Peace Corps uh, monthly newsletter. I mean, it, for anybody who's listening, it probably sounds sounds like a ton, but you know, you know as well as I do that things move slowly, so you have oh, to. Oh yeah, yeah, no, don't you, you don't, have don't to, think like I was like completely swamped with like work every day. There was definitely a lot of sitting around. That was like it's just like two years of like or twenty seven months of just a lot of like a lot of build up. That's for sure. Mm-hmm, yeah, you sort of bounce back and forth and work a little bit on one project and check in on another and you sort of just keep a lot of things in motion. Exactly. It's a lot of checking in. It's a lot of like, hey, what's going on with this? Like, are you guys doing well? Or like, if I'm teaching the kids, which I mean, I taught kids like once a week. And it's usually like, hey, did you guys like remember the thing that we talked about last week? Nope. All right. Well, I guess we're teaching it again. So, um, and then yeah, it was like it, it, it it's something that uh, it comes with the territory. Like everything moves at a very very slow slow rate. So a lot of this stuff, like like I said, like happens over the course of like two years. Mm-hmm. And then, can you tell us a little bit about Botswana, a, a country? You know, I mean, I don't even know. Is the official language English there? Uh, yeah. So it's it used to be an English colony, um, and then it actually just they just got their independence, I believe, back in 1967. So the relatively new. It was a peaceful transition. Um, the the population is about maybe two two and a half million, um, probably a little bit larger by now. Um, but the you would say a comparison for the size of the country is probably similar to the size of Texas. So it's very sparsely dis- dispersed. But the thing about Botswana is it's like the ecosystem that makes up the whole country is like different um, between the northern part of Botswana and the southern part. And so in the southern part of Botswana, you have something called the Kalahari Desert, which is like really, really like dry. Um, something um, a group of people that you might have heard is the San people uh, live amongst those parts. Um, and, you know, they kind of speak in clicks and tongues and like they're the, actually the native um, population of Africa way back before um, the Dutch came or even um, uh, migrations from people from West Africa. And so on the southern part, you have the Colorado Desert. In the northern part, you have this like washer, greener area where you have the Okavango Delta, um, where a lot of like something like a lot of like National Geographic and Discovery Channel, like all those animals that you see on those TV shows, like 
they're probably filmed in Botswana because the 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 term over there is game, but like the animals there are like abundance. Like you'll see elephants, uh, rhinos, hyenas, lions. I think they're called the big five, but giraffes. Um, you like what you see on TV in terms of like going on safaris is, is definitely the the place to be is Botswana. And so it's like it was a incredibly cool opportunity to like serve in an area where like you have um, you have the native population of uh, the San people, but then you also have the Motswana, who were actually migrants from South Africa moving up, um, mixing in with like Afrikaners or uh, Dutch descendants. And so you have this like mix of people living amongst each other. Um, and so I would say, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's really, really cool country. So now that everybody has a sense of Botswana, the country, um, sort of a little bit of the, the culture, let's get into your, your Peace Corps experience. And starting off, I always like to ask people about their favorite Peace Corps memories. And you wrote a few um, to me when I uh, sent you a questionnaire. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about a few of them now? Yeah, sure. Um, so I remember sending you three because you told me to put down one, but there was like, I, I mean, I'm, there's obviously too many to count in terms of like favorite memories, but um, I sort of narrowed it down to three. The first one was um, getting a filing cabinet for the local disability group. And so this local disability group here in Lethlakang, like they're filled with people who are, are handicapped or in, in some sort of physical, um, have some sort of physical disability. So a lot of them are, you know, it's tough for them to find jobs or tough for them to like find any sort of work. And so for them to get together and form a, a, a community amongst themselves and to even start a community garden where they can grow their own local produce and sell it at the local market is something pretty remarkable, um, especially with given the, the environment that they're in. And so, you know, when I, when I went, just went, went around and initially started having talks with them in terms of like, who am I, what's my job and, um, how maybe I can help them and what they initially want. I just started looking around their whole, um, their whole community center that they, they started building. And one of the things that they had, um, in, in this community center was a filing room, but it wasn't really a, a filing room. It was something, it was something, a sort of a description of like a bunch of papers piled on top of each other. Uh, with some sort of filing system that they think they knew what was happening. And so for me, I was like, you know, um, I, 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 how come you guys don't have a filing cabinet? And they're like, we don't, we, I mean, we can't buy one. Uh, we don't have enough money. And there's no one in the village that has like an extra filing cabinet around. And so, um, so it, it kind of clicked in my mind where for me, like I, I was working for the local government of Botswana and they had a bunch of like old office supplies like that they don't they nor, don't normally don't use and they kind of just like leave it at a warehouse. And so for me, I was like, all right, well, let me just get that filing, like get one of those filing and they're it's it's they're for free. And all you need to do is like fill out paperwork and get this filing cabinet so I can give it to the disability group. But there's always a catch. I mean, I'm sure you know you were serving in West Africa. I mean, I was serving in Southern Africa. I mean, Africa time is, is for real. And mm -hmm. so it's like, you know, when you, when you, it's, it's a lot different than being here in America where, you know, when you want to get something done, like, boom, like you can, they, they tell you initially the steps or the, the th three things you need. You can get those three things within like a day or so, send it in, you'll get a reply back at max like a week and then boom, you have your product or whatever you need. It's like, 
think of that except like expanded over the course of like nine, ten months, like in, in, in Botswana, or at least the region that I was serving in, where, you know, I I was working, yeah, granted I was working in the local government, but you know, I would ask like, hey, like I need to get a filing cabinet for this group, like what do I need to do? And one person says, Okay, you need this paper. And I'd be like, Well, where can you find this paper? And they're like, Well, it's not here. You would have to go maybe like in the outskirts of the village. So I would go in the outskirts of the village to get one piece of paper. I would come back, fill it out. I would bring it back, and they'll be like, "No, that's the wrong piece of paper." In which case, you would you you get the you start to get you start seeing the pattern where you know you're going a lot of back and forth. A lot of people telling you to go somewhere else, and this or like you know or like something happens where vehicles like shut down or the roads are closed for some reason or something is flooded, where you just see a lot of roadblocks along the way. So it's it's patience was definitely a virtue in this point where. You're just like, all right, my goal is like, if I can, if I can just get these guys a filing cabinet before I leave, and this is like literally 10 months from now, it's, it's a success in my book. And so finally, literally, I think it was like two weeks left before I was supposed to leave. The stars aligned. I got, I somehow got everything. I got the right paperwork. I managed to get like my host, my, my, my landlord's family to let me borrow their, their, um, their truck to go to this outpost where they had these old filing cabinets and we managed to get a filing cabinet in uh, to these people. And, you know, it wasn't the best shape of filing cabinet, but it was something. And I think that's, that's the key. And to like, see, um, to actually like put that thing in and to see <laughs> the, to see uh, the disability groups spaces, it was funny because they knew I was working on this and they were like La Rona, which is like my Setswana name or which is Setswana is the native, uh, the native language of Botswana. And, Larona uh, means um, uh, he um, they he belongs to us. Um, but they were like Larona. Uh, you, we know that you've been working on this for so long, and we're so happy for you that you finally got it. And I was like, oh, this is good. This is totally good. <laughs> so yeah, that was the first one. The second one was um, uh, teaching teaching school children um, at the primary at the primary school um, in my village. Um, now it's not. I'm not really much one for kids. Like I think it's because I don't have the patience. But you know, I was a year into my service and I was looking for something something else to do. And so I started. You know, I just went through the local primary school, um, and I you know I started conversating with the principal and some of the teachers to make sure I had a counterpart or someone to work with. Um, and they were like, "Yeah, we would totally love for you to to help to help us out teach." Uh, sort of life skills or youth development, like sort of an af- after school club type of activity mm-hmm. uh, to some of our to some of our uh, youngsters. And so, you know, I started doing that. And I, I have to admit, uh, you know, kids grow on you if you spend enough time with them. And so um, in one of in one of these instances, I, you know, I was teaching, I was teaching these kids. And, you know, I, there's about like, about 20, 25 of these kids. And I, I gave them an assignment of um, researching a country. So uh, at, at my house, I had a map of the world. And so I brought this map of the world and I put it down in the sand where we, where we where I was teaching. And I showed them, I was like, guys, pick a country on the map. And they went around and picked a country. And then I was like, all right, here's your assignment. You got to go to the library, the village library, and find an encyclopedia. You can ask the librarian for like, what's an encyclopedia? I want you to look up your country and I want you to find the con- find out the country's capital, population, currency, president, official language, and then I want you to take a piece piece of paper 
and draw a picture of the nation's flag. And I was, when I sent them off, these guys went straight booking it towards the library. I was not expecting an ad to like this, to tell you the truth. I was expecting him to like be like, oh, come on, teacher, like, why are you doing this to us? But these guys were so enthusiastic that they proceeded to run down to, toward, down the village towards the library. And I wasn't really expecting much like from this, like, because, you know, this is like, this is rural Africa. Like they, they, there's not like Wi-Fi around or like smartphones where we can just pull out. And, yeah, there's, there's like, no Google. Yeah, there's no, there's no LTE over here. I think, I think the best coverage we got was 3G very sporadically, but um, most of the time it was Edge. Do you remember Edge, Tyler? Yes, I, that's what we had. I so. do. Yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd get Edge. You know, there was a, a, the, the mango tree in my courtyard was the place where I would stand to, to get you know, good reception. So you, every, everybody always had their spot that they knew that they could get decent signal. Very true. Very true. So, you know, you, um, you, you, so these kids were running down and, you know, I gave them like a week long to, to, to complete this assignment. So it was funny because during that week leading up to like the, the deadline of this assignment, I would pass by the library and I would see these kids like outside, like either drawing their picture or like talking about their assignments and whatnot. So it was very like, um, so it was a very feel, feel good feeling like, oh, they're like, they actually kind of care, which is good. So they, so the next week comes around and, um, I come, I come into class and I'm like, all right guys, like, what do you have for me? And lo and behold, uh, they went around the room and presented over different parts of the world and showed their pictures of the nation's flag. And, you know, we're talking about Europe and South America and Asia and North America. And, you know, I even, one person even picked America and I even brought pictures of America with me to show them like, Hey, this is what America looks like. And it was an incredible experience because these kids like who live in a very, very rural environment now have a, have some sort of inclination of like what, what a different country is like outside of the scope of what is uh, of Botswana. And it was an incredible feeling of saying, like, you know, these guys, like, if you give them an opportunity to, for, to be successful, they're like, they will try. They're like, they want to, they want to learn. They want to, they want to, to do good. And so that was, that was definitely another, another favorite memory. And then the last one, I would say, um, is definitely climbing Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania. Man, like I, so I had the opportunity, um, my, I, uh, I had some family and some friends come over from the States, um, and we met up in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, and, in, and then in Arusha, uh, followed by Moshi, and we climbed Mount Kilimanjaro over the course of five days, and it was an incredible experience. I think, you know, people get the opportunity to climb that mountain, uh, it was like, it was super fun. Definitely, definitely worth the while. So now that we know a, a literal high of your service, you know, let's go the opposite way and go to a figurative low. Yeah. Uh, what are what, one of your, I guess, least favorite Peace Corps memories? Oh, man. Um, I would say I have two distinct ones. Um, so the first one was um, my, um, so my grandmother passed away while I was serving in Peace Corps. And so, you know, when... When I was leaving for Botswana, um, I I knew that I didn't want to come back home. I know some people, um, some Peace Corps volunteers want to go back home during the service, and um, 
but I kind of made the conscious decision that I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I didn't want to go home, uh, mainly because I just wanted to stick to the area that I was in, and I wanted to use the opportunity in my vacation days, more importantly, to explore a part of the world that I haven't seen before. And so I went in knowing that, like, you know, when I said my goodbyes as I was leaving America, like, this could be, you know, it, it sounds kind of morbid, but it, it's like, it could be the last time um, to see some loved ones that you might not see when you get back. And so, um, you know, my grandparents, um, you know, old age is just part of life. And so, I mean, I, there was a slight uh, feeling in my head, like, you know, she, like, this could be, this could be, um, this could be it. Like, this could be the last time uh, you, you could see them. It's one thing to tell yourself that. It's another thing to experience it as a whole. Um, so when, um, when my grandmother passed away, um, I was in my, I was just, I just started my second, well, I was about six or seven months away from my COS. And mm-hmm. I, um, I distinctly remember I, I got a call from, uh, my, my sister and, um, who said that my grandmother suffered a stroke and, you know, she, and she was like in the, in, in, in the hospital and it's, you know, first it's the, first in terms of the emotion, it's like initial shock. And then it, it starts hitting you that like, oh, this person's not going to make it. And so it's to, to go through that process, to go through that emotion is, um, is, is one thing, but to go through that when you're completely alone, um, and by yourself is like a whole nother avenue because, uh, for me, I mean, my family told me like, you know, don't come back, don't come back to the States for the funeral because, um, by the time you come back, it like the the procession or like the 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 rituals or whatever like um in terms of like um, the way we do it in terms of hinduism and the way everything goes when it comes to funerals everything would be done by the time i would come back and then i would immediately have to turn back around and come back to peace corps and my my parents said that my grandmother probably would not want me wouldn't want to disrupt my service like this and so i stayed in country and grieved alone and it's it's something to um it's something that i i you know i it's i definitely learned a lot because it's you know i had to go through all these emotions and had to experience a lot of um sadness and madness and just like a whirlwind of type of feelings like by myself and you know it's it's i mean thankfully it I mean, eventually I got out of this funk where, you know, I, I mean, at a certain, at most of the point, like I would say for, you know, a good month or so, I just completely wanted to be by myself. Like I just didn't want to talk to anyone or anything. Um, and, you know, especially, and then put on top of that, I'm in like a, a, a foreign country with limited amount of friends and um, loved ones. And so, you, you know, you just, it's, it's, you just really have to like push through. And it's something that, um, it's, it's not really a fun memory to go back to. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and, and sometimes I sort of wonder with that cause you know, in, in Peace Corps, since you don't have that network or you don't have a lot of, I guess, coping mechanisms that you're used to, you're sort of forced to face it head on. Like you have no other option. So I, I for like, it is harder, but in some ways I wonder like, is it better? 
to yeah me. it's 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 definitely uh it's a weird feeling because you're like yeah i can't like all, the rest of my family was grieving but they were all together like here in the states um and it's a completely different avenue when you're completely by yourself and you have to accept the reality for what it is and um you know face those thoughts or understand those thoughts and those emotions that are coming out of you and try to process them and digest them as they come. Um, yeah, you're, I mean, I definitely, I definitely agree where it's like, you know, I think I learned a, a lot more about myself as a person and especially when it comes to my relation, my relationship with death and, um, you know, um, with loved ones in general. Mm-hmm. So, Oh, sorry. <laughs> no. And, and then, um, uh... You had a, a second one as well. I did, yeah. Um, this one, uh, this one is um, a least favorite memory. It's not as I would say sad as uh, the other one, but it was definitely a, a chink in the chain. That's for sure. Um, so I was diagnosed with latent tuberculosis um, at the end of my service. So I'm sure um, people might have talked about, and you certainly talk about in your book, um, because I know you went through a similar a similar uh, process yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at COS, we get our end, end of service medical medical exams. And so, you know, Peace Corps medical office runs through, runs like the whole gambit on you. And so one of these is like a TB test. And usually a T, um, well, a, a TB test for uh, the initial TB test is they will put a needle um, into your, into your arm and put in a, I believe it's some sort of solution or some sort of like they put in something. I don't know exactly, but it, it forms a bump on your skin. And if that bump doesn't go down within like three or four days or a week, that means you have a, there's a possibility that you tested positive for TB. And that's exactly what happened to me because I had this bump. And while everybody else was COSing and seeing all their bumps go down, I saw mine and I was like, why is my bump not going down? And so I go to the, I go to the medical office. And the doctor tells me, yeah, it looks like it's not going down. There's a possibility that you have a positive case of TB. And I was like, and when you think of TB, you're thinking like people coughing up blood and like crazy sicknesses and illnesses and whatnot. And I'm like immediately thinking to myself, I'm like, well, this is what happens when you spend the majority of your service in like rural health clinics with TB patients coughing up all types of things mm-hmm. all over the place. So, it, you know, I, I knew it came with the territory. But it was like the the prevalence of people testing positive for, for latent TB um, is like pretty rare because it doesn't happen to a lot of people. I would say maybe like two or three volunteers per per service um, at max. And so um, now this wasn't fully tuberculosis. It wasn't fully metas- metastasized. Um, there, latent means the the bacteria, the, t- the tuberculosis bacteria was still was still dormant in my skin or um, in my body, not my skin. Um, but there was a chance for it to become full blown tuberculosis if I didn't get treated. Um, and so for, for them, like, so I went to the medical office and they, you know, they, I, I, at this point I planned out like, uh, I'm sure your listeners know, like some volunteers plan out something called a COS trip, like close the service trip where they're like, I don't want to go back home just yet. I have this money, I have this time, let me go travel a little bit more or like do something else. And so for me, I planned out this extensive trip throughout southern India. Um, because before then, I, haven't been, I hadn't been to India since 2007. 
So for me, it was sort of like a, a small homecoming back to the homeland. And I was like so excited for this trip because I planned out like I, I planned out so much log- logistics for it, like train rides and hostels and getting from one place to another place and booking different uh, different venues and whatnot. And so when I heard this, I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Because like as much as like um, I'm I was not necessarily contagious, I didn't want to risk um, myself by being in an area um, like southern India where tuberculosis is still very prevalent. And so I had to change up my whole trip. And, you know, I mean, I still went to India, but instead of like, you know, being in like small compact train rides, I mean, I had to I had to fly to places um, and like cut a lot of um, excursions or places I want to see out of the whole trip. Um, but, you know, and, I, and, I, and then I had to come home a little bit earlier than I anticipated. So when I, but the thing is though, is that the Peace Corps Medical Office told me everything's going to be fine. You just need to be on medication for like the next year, which, you know, it doesn't seem that big of a deal. I mean, it's like, I came back home, um, I got treatment for it and, um, you know, it, it involved just me taking, taking some tablets every day. And then also, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure some people will cringe when I say this, but like lowering, you couldn't drink like at all, if, I mean, or a little bit, if not at all, the whole time when you're on this medication. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's like, oh, I can't even have a beer that much. All right. Well, I guess I'm just sober for the next year or so. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so that was, I would say, at least uh, a least favorite memory. Uh, but I'm TB free now. Everything's good to go. I'm not contagious so everyone out there please do not worry <laughs> that's for sure yes you can hang out with Sheev and uh, he's not going <laughs> to give you tuberculosis and 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 he can drink with you now too so that's yes good. yes i can <laughs> so you've shared a, a, a lot of good stuff with us you know experiences of you know navigating slow bureaucratic uh, processes in peace corps you know working with kids and finding this secondary project that was extremely fulfilling that you know Peace Corps didn't set you out to do it in your village and you never thought like you never saw yourself as, you know, being one of those people like, oh, I love kids. I love working. Uh, with kids. No, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. I'm definitely not the guy that you're going to see a picture of me with a bunch of kids like yeah. or like, you know, one of those traveling photos like, oh, I help the children. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> but 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 you ended up doing that because, you know, you were lurk- looking for ways to help and then, you know, traveling to Tanzania, Kilimanjaro and then took us through, you know all the, the some of the negative stuff that you had to deal with you know your grandmother passing away and then you know being faced with this you know disease that luckily now you know you're you're free of but you know it was something that sort of i guess ruined your end of service expectations you'd built up to this you know i guess culminating trip of you know i guess more or less a reward for yourself right that's how you sort of th- thought of it of you know i've completed peace corps he, now this is a gift to myself yeah, absolutely. And, and it was, um, it's taken yeah. away. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it was, uh, yeah, I would, I mean, it wasn't too bad. <laughs> it was like, it was, it's just a reality, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, yeah, but totally. So after rehashing all of that, of the, the highs and the lows, what do you miss about Peace Corps? Uh, I mean, Tyler, um, it's, it's the people, both PCBs and host country nationals. Like I would, like in host country nationals, as in like the Motswana, the friends that I made um, while in village or in country. Um, like you know, it's like my. I'll first start with my Peace Corps friends. Like I, um, I got really close with my Peace Corps group um, that I served with, and 
you know, there was actually, I mean, Botswana has a higher number of Peace Corps volunteers. I think when my group came in, we were about 70. And then by the end of service, there was only about maybe 45 or 50 of us, maybe even less. Um, But I got, I got close to a number of them. Um, And I, you know, I still keep in touch with them today. But, you know, um, I'm sure, you know, like, it's one thing to, um, it, I, I think, you know, you, America gives us the opportunity to, in terms of communication, to be in touch with people, whether that's like through social media or through phone calls or through Skype or whatever. Um, but you know, once you come back into country, you kind of start your own life again and you kind of get like swept up with whatever's happening in front of you. And, you know, it's not to say that, um, I'm not friends with those people anymore, but you know, it's like, you kind of, you, you have to make more of an effort to keep in touch, especially with, uh, with the amount that you usually conversated with back in country while like, you know, while we were in country, everybody was like in the same place and, you know, there was no out sort of like other things happening. And so everybody was just like going through the same things, the, the trials and the tribulations, but also the really awesome parts of Peace Corps. And like, you know, we always kicked it when, whenever we got together and that was like super fun. And, you know, whenever we even get together here in the States, like it's always like, fun and interesting reminisce about like Peace Corps experiences because those are like these are individuals that like went experienced and went through the same thing that I did and that the and these are like friendships and sort of relationships that you develop and strengthen through time especially when you just when when starting out this friendship was this type of experience um so that's like definitely one a group of people that I miss is like my my fellow Peace Corps friends um the other one is like uh, the Motswana, my, my village friends, my Motswana friends. I, I mean, like I said, thanks to like technology now, it's really easy. It's a lot easier for me to keep in touch with them through like WhatsApp and Skype and Facebook messenger and whatnot. Um, but at the same time, that doesn't replace the, the interactions and the experiences I had in person while I was in country with these guys. Like it's, 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 it's totally weird. Like I wasn't, you know, I was hoping to make friends with like locals while I was there, but the, the, the strength of the friendships that I developed is like, it was something that I wasn't expecting at all. And I'm completely thankful for, because I mean, without some of these people, um, that helped me along the way, these host country nationals who are, you realize are just like, they're people just like you, like they're going through their own trials and tribulations and they're going through their own sets of problems within their own lives and families. Like, most like they you you connect to you connect with them on such a deeper level and you know even to this day like you know i I've, I've been out of country now i came back home uh december of 2015 and so it's it's been close to 2 years now since i left peace corps and to this day i still have guys uh texting me or messaging me saying like yo larona man we miss you so much when are you coming back bro like dude, we miss you. And like, it's crazy. Like I've been gone for two years. Like these guys have not seen me for two years. And like, it's, it's, I like, you know, I didn't think I would make that much of an impact, but you know, it, for me, I think they made it more of an impact on me than, than, than I did them. And, it, and it's, it's so, it's such a full good feeling where it's like, you know, yeah, I'm definitely going back to Botswana, hopefully soon, like hopefully within the next couple of years to, to see these, to see these guys and, you know, um, see what they're up to. So those are, definitely two groups of people that that i miss a lot mm-hmm. yeah nothing can really match or compare to those friendships that you make whether they be the peace corps volunteers or the people in your community you know it's just at such a different and 
exciting time in your life and difficult time that, you know, you forge friendships that are unmatched. And, you know, I definitely can relate to everything you said there. Now, sure. as as we uh, sort of close out this interview, I, I like to have people share um, a favorite quote or saying, and you actually shared um, three with me. I'm going to ask you that you just share, uh, just share one of them. But for anybody who wants to know the other stuff and also more in-depth responses, because you actually uh, went above and beyond when you were writing me responses to the questions, all, <laughs> all, all that stuff's going to be in the show notes at My Peace Career Story. And then as well, um, if people have listened to your story and sort of think, oh, this Sheev guy is sort of interesting, I'd like to know more about him. Uh, you actually do this pretty cool um, monthly reading list where you talk about uh, books and articles and all sorts of other stuff. Uh, so I'll actually uh, link to that because I'm I'm on that reading list and I've enjoyed those emails as well. So go check out you know in depth uh, show notes for for Sheev and sign up for his uh, reading list. But what are one of the sayings that you would like to uh, share with everybody now? Oh man, well I guess I have to um, say um, one of the sayings is Wana, um, which is really just you in Setswana, But me and my Peace Corps friends, and then some of the host country national friends that I had, love just saying it to each other, just as a saying, like "What's up? like What's up?" And then they'll say something, and they'll be like Wana, which means you, like "What's going on with you?" And I think it's because partially because like there's actually a song called Wena, like a South African song called Wena, which I think I I sent to you in YouTube. Yeah, um, and that video will definitely be in your show yeah, notes so people can find it pretty, there. It's pretty catchy. Um I think people will love it who like to dance will definitely get a groove to it. But yeah, definitely Wena is like def uh one of the, the one of the, the phrases or quotes that um, I even bring out nowadays and some people will look at me weird. They're like, what does that mean? I'll be like, don't worry about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, definitely. Well, I thank you for taking the time and talking with me today. And it's, you know, been great getting to know you a, a little bit better since we've been you know, communicating via email and just social media. And once we got introduced about a year ago, uh, but it's great to you know take the time and sit down with you and learn more about your service and connect a, a little bit more because I know that you you read my book and we started talking about shared experiences. So that's uh, really been an, an enjoyable sort of conversation that I've had with you this evening. Yeah, thanks, Tyler. This has been great, man. And uh, keep up keep up the good work up with this. Like this has like been an awesome podcast so far, and I think it really hits sort of like a niche market where people who are it might be interested in Peace Corps, just like want to learn more about like what's it like serving. Um, because I mean, you kind of mentioned in your book, like, you know, people, a lot of people ask about like, what's your service like? And it's, it's one of those where you're like, all right, how much, how much of an answer should I give you? And so, you know, a podcast like this gives people that opportunity to, you know, listen on their own time, uh, different experiences from different parts of the world. Well, I, I thank you. So, uh, Thank you. Yeah, thank you for all your praise and kind words. And uh, I look forward to uh, staying connected with you and, you know, letting this friendship grow. And maybe one day we'll actually meet in person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can you can come out either to where I am or maybe I can make it out to D.C. One of those two. Sounds good. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Tyler. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Once again, if you want to stay better connected with me and the My Peace Corps Story podcast, head on over to MyPeaceCoreStory.com. If you want to know my personal Peace Corps story, please check out my new book, Service Disrupted, available on Amazon. Every volunteer has a story. What's yours?